Matt, Matt Horn. Um, I'm a PHS teacher and head uh, freshman football coach, and uh, I am inside the hive. All righty. Welcome in here to episode 27 of Inside the Hive. This week, we're excited to welcome on one of the most well-liked teachers inside Perrysburg High School, Mr. Matt Horn. How are you doing this evening? Doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome on. Welcome on. Once again, we're recording live from the Perrysburg location of Sidelines at 136 West South Boundary. They're locally owned and operated and are excited to be serving the Perrysburg community. All right, with the first question of the day, Coach Horn, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Um, yeah, so i um, been teaching at uh, Perrysburg High School now for this is my ninth year, um, uh, 15th year overall teaching. Um, done stints uh, around the area um, at Springfield Middle School and Swanton Middle School. Um, <coughs> and uh, from, from right here locally uh, in the area, went to, um, went to Whitmer High School. Um, so pretty much lived here all my life uh, in Northwest Ohio, and uh, um, I've got a I've got a wife and um, and two kids now, Kenzie and Garrett, and uh, yeah. Now this is a new question we wanted to ask our guests as we've gotten very far into our uh, career here on Inside the Hive. Have you listened to any of our episodes, and which ones were your favorite? If so, ooh, um, <clears throat> so I've I've you've got about what. 26. 26. Um, I've listened to a handful of that's That's better than most, I'm going to be honest. Um, I do follow um, just to see who's on. And, uh, you know, you had you had Monheim on last week. Yep. Um, yep. And then uh, listen to the one where you had uh, lacrosse mm-hmm. uh, was in the house. So listen to that one. Um, <clears throat> and, and then after that, I, I can't remember in the fall some of the ones but uh, too many to keep track of yeah. really but uh definitely try to you know stay uh, stay in tune you know when you're in the building you know you gotta you gotta uh, support your people so respect <coughs> all right well diving back into your childhood what <laughs> sports did you play growing up uh growing up my two main main sports were football and baseball um those are my two loves and dabbled a little bit in one year of wrestling when I was in junior high. Kind of got, like, talked into it. Um, but mainly was a kid that uh, played organized football and baseball um, all the way through. And, um, you know, basketball was just more of, like, a pickup sport for me. Um, never really got too much into that. But, uh, but, yeah, so football and baseball. Now what positions were you in football and baseball? <coughs> uh, football uh, was mainly, like, a – a fullback slash running back and um, and like a linebacker type um, inside outside and and then baseball just roll with that uh, baseball I was a pitcher actually growing up mm. most of my life I uh, was a pitcher um, and played outfield and third base. Now, did you have a football <laughs> idol growing up? Um, I did. So um, I grew up in a household where my dad was a gigantic Bears fan. Uh, Chicago Bears. Fan. Bears. So, um, definitely grew up uh, just being a running back, idolizing uh, three three major players. One Walter um, Walter Payton for sure. Um, uh, in the era Sweet that I grew hits. up in the '90s, um, Allstott, Mike Allstott, just mm-hmm. absolute truck. And then um, on the defensive side, uh, you just couldn't go wrong with Dick Buckus. So. <coughs> All right. Well. 
obviously besides the Bears, what were some of your favorite sports teams? <clears throat> um, grew up uh, a Michigan fan uh, for sure. Um, again, my dad was a Michigan fan. Um, and, uh, you know, my aunt, my uh, um, family ended up marrying um, a somewhat Michigan-like legend, Marty, um, oh. Marty Huff, and his son, Ben Huff, played on the 97 championship team. So it was just kind of cool mm -hmm. that I knew somebody that was on that team with, you know, Brady and Greasy. And as just a little kid, um, just seeing him um, around it, you know, family stuff and just knowing somebody personally on the team just kind of like cemented that for me. Um, <clears throat> and then I grew up a, um, a Cleveland, um, a Cleveland Indians fan. Yeah. Um, for oh, sure. yeah. And uh, struggling. You know, I can't figure them out right now, man. <laughs> they're so they started off. They're so hot. Uh, no, I wouldn't say so hot. They, I mean, we, they had a we good, a good first week of the season and they are struggling so bad right now. I they're mean, so hard to watch. I mean, it's kind of the M.O., right? They've had a couple years here where they've – Every where April, they've really they're so bad. And, then, you know, they, they, just, they just come out of the gates just struggling. So. They have a historically bad offense this year. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> historically bad. And their pitching's been so – It's been decent. They've gotten some good starts lately, but so bad. They've l lost so many games they should have won so far this season, and it's going to be – it's gonna be a struggle. I feel like that's a common theme right with Cleveland sports teams, though. Winning games that you or losing games that you should have won. <laughs> well, maybe, but yeah. it's early in the it's it's only the beginning of May, but they got to turn it around quick. Hockey, um, hockey's been something that I've always enjoyed too. Um, just never played it, but um, the uh, Red Wings grew mm. up in the era mm -hmm. of you know just hockey, hockey town, town. Becoming hockey town. Um, so definitely a Red Wings fan, uh, fan and uh, if I had to go basketball, with definitely the Pistons, um, just because of the '80s and '90s. But now you are currently the freshman football coach for Perrysburg High School. Can you talk to us about how you got the job and what it all entails for you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so first year in at Perrysburg, and uh, I just I had always coached. Um, it's been something football has just been a huge part of my life. And so when I got hired at Perrysburg, um, there were only, well, Scott, uh, Scott, Scott Buecher uh, was making the move um, out of coaching and he became the, became the SID. Um, and so a position opened up and it just worked out that, um, that, I, that I joined the staff um, as an assistant. And there were, at, at the time, there were just three of us. So mm -hmm. there was three of us uh, coaching there, and um, so that's how I got in. It was just an opening, and they were just looking for a guy, and and uh, and it just kind of um, happened for me. Um, and then and then when Scott left the SID job and went over to the junior high, um, then I just kind of followed his path and and became uh, became the uh, became the SID for um, uh, four years, and then when. Um, we had my daughter, Kenzie, just wanted to take a step back. And, um, you know, Kriegel was looking for a guy to take over. And, uh, you know, it just kind of worked out where I kind of moved in, was an assistant um, that first year back. And then and then the head job opened up, and I just was able to, you know, move up and slide in and, um, and then just have had it ever since. So. Now, was there anything in particular that inspired you to become a football coach? I think it was just 
you know, since I was seven years old, I just played played football. And then um, when my career ended at Finley due to uh, due to an injury, um, it uh, it just it was hard. It was hard for me to not have that in my life. And so when I came back and was going to college back around here, um, it was that first fall out of football, and I was like, I don't know if I could if I could do this. And so um, I started coaching back at back at my high school, which is what a lot of guys do that get into coaching. And um, and I just I just loved it. Now, how do you help players transition from middle to high school football, and what kind of expectations do you set for them? Uh, I th- I think that's one of the biggest. One of the biggest reasons why I like doing freshmen hmm. is it's such a gigantic transition year, um, you know, and it's just to be there to be that, like, first experience that they have. Um, and, you know, it starts it starts with the varsity. It starts with Dirk and, and, and what he wants and, and where he wants the, uh, his, like, players to be. Hmm. So it starts with him and it starts with taking – taking the values and the principles that he wants to see out on the field and just molding it down to where, you know, we can start start those freshmen out, um, you know, and transition that, you know. And, and we still do a freshman, um, a freshman two-a-day. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of schools don't, but we think it helps. It's that, it's that, like, transition to separate yourself from middle school, from big gold, that if you want to see the field Friday night, like – this is a new this is a new ball game this is a new level and and, and it's not that it's not that uh, you know it's so high that you're not going to make it but it's more of just that just that separation right you need to like separate yourself because at junior high and stuff you know you can take you know the best athlete and just give them the ball every single time and and now that you're in high school, you have to learn how to be a teammate. You have to learn to come together. You have to learn all those things that maybe you can get away with at, at, at the junior high level where you've just got a couple, like, gamers that you can just give them the ball and go. So I like the aspect, the challenge of trying to bring a team together, trying to teach them and, and you know, um, that this is the way that you play football in high school um, and just kind of setting the stage. Everything's in phases. You know, Coach, Coach uh, Connor talks about that too that, you know, just teaching kids to go through a season where you're hitting certain, like, phases. And so, for me, that's just exciting. Um, it's exciting to go through that with, like, coaching staff and players and, and just to see where we're, like, the start of it and to see where the seniors are by the time they get there is just – it's awesome. So Now, what do you hope that your players will take away from their experience playing freshman football, both in terms of their athletic skills and life skills? Um, number one – you know, it's just it's just fun that you find fun in competition, right? Um, the fact that you're always going to be uh, competing in some way. Um, I think developing that grit and toughness, um, you know, is something that we hope that they, you know, finish the program and take that away and say, you know what, freshman year was definitely fun. Um, we learned a lot. We changed a lot. Um, and it really helped pave the way for, you know, setting the stage for a, a really fun high school, uh, really fun high school experience. Now, what would you say your coaching philosophy is? <coughs> um, my coaching philosophy is, is definitely relationship-based. 
Um, it's 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 you know attack mode, but it's also just development. You know, we really we really try to develop um, you know players and skills. Um, it's not it's not always about plays, but you know sometimes the plays the plays you know you throw in a few like fun plays here and there, and it just makes it to where you know freshman year it, it's it, it's not 100% serious. Um, you got to still have those uh, have those moments, uh, you know, where where you're 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 trying something out of the box. Where even if it's just an inside joke with your team, those are the moments that people really think back and they're like, "Man, I can't believe we tried that." You know, where like a varsity game, you're not going to get away with that at all. So, um, but uh, coaching wise, I just try to you know approach each day where. Um, you're just kind of winning the day. You focus on the little things. You focus on your teammates, building your team, finding your people. Um, and those are things that carry you into life. Uh, the one thing that we always talk about is just you're always on a team. Like in life, you're always going to be on a team. So, you know, learn how to be a teammate. Learn how to um, celebrate the little victories and, you know, move forward. Now, what can your players expect from you as a freshman football coach? Um, expectations are, you know, expectations are high. Mm -hmm. uh, the standard, standard is the standard, right? Mm -hmm. As we say around here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, you can expect that, but you can also you can expect some hard coaching. You know, when we're out there, we've got you know we've got a job to do and we've got a task to complete. Um, but also at the end of the day, you know, we're gonna we're gonna show up and we're gonna you know give you a hug and say you know what. Um, you know, you did your best, and here we go. Here's how you can fix it. And, uh, you know, you're also going to get somebody that is going to be rooting for you when you uh, when you leave here and, uh, you know, sending you messages out on, out on like, social media and all those, <laughs> all, those uh, all those life moments, right? So, you know, <coughs> you're getting a coach that's, uh, that's going to be there for the long haul for, for life. So... Now we we've just received our food. If you didn't notice that little crunch there, we got the we got the Reuben today, and it um it's actually pretty good. I'm impressed. Sidelines, you know, probably one of your yes. Who doesn't love a good Reuben? Maybe you, Joel. You like you like Reubens, I'm Joel? A fan of Reuben. I mean, I'm Reubens a fan. are great, right? You get a good one, you'll always go back for it. But sidelines, I'm I'm impressed here. I mean, solid Reuben, and once again, Joel's got his diabetes knockout burger. But yep. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. I'm sorry. They, like, mm. I don't know what they changed about it, but it's so good. It looks like they toasted your bread today. Yeah. I mean, the half gallon of mayo on the side, too. Well, yeah, you know, that's a Joel staple. Anything is better with mayo, anything and everything. But uh, And bacon. You got the cowboy burger? Is that cowboy right, Mr. Horner? That's right. Let's see how that is it's tonight. Not as, and not as crunchy as what you guys are eating. Well, you know. That's all right. Hopefully it delivers here. Let's see. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. Oh, that was a good bite. So, um, let's get into our next question here so that he has time to process that while he's chewing. Now, what would you say it is like to coach with a wonderful man over here, Mr. Rogers? <coughs> well, it's definitely not, not easy. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No, it's been fun. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm glad that I've had the opportunity to work with uh, Coach Rogers and um, 
you know, I'm excited this year that, uh, you know, he's taking over the defense. So uh, <clears throat> I'm excited to see what he comes up with and uh, to put some pressure on some teams and uh, to help kind of spread some things out and, and, you know, do a little bit more skills, uh, skills focus um, for our, for our freshmen. So, uh, but it's been good. We've really gelled um, over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, <clears throat> the upperclassmen now would uh, say that they look back and they've had some fun. So, Now, are you giving Rodgers complete control of the defense, or do you have a set game plan you want him to try and model? <laughs> no, well, we're kind of uh, – we obviously, you know, freshman year we're, we're – uh, you know, we're trying to instill the varsity offense and defense into, uh, into the freshmen. So, mm -hmm. so we're kind of – we get a little bit of leeway to kind of come up with a few things ourselves, but uh, for the most part, we're, you know, we're definitely trying to teach the varsity, the varsity way. So, um, <clears throat> you know, he'll be, he'll be speaking a lot with coach, with coach Ward up at the varsity level. And, um, you know, we, we, we pretty much try to like mirror the, mirror the basics um, as much as we can. One thing I want to say is, you guys probably don't care about my opinion at all. However, your opinion teach, has value, Joel. Teach Isn't them, that what we teach people? Te teach them twists as much as possible. Because, like, I know we didn't we didn't really do that back then with Coach Kriegel, or at least not at the freshman level, obviously. And then varsity didn't really seem like we did that much either. But going into JV, no idea what like a twist was. So there you go. Throwing that out there. That is that is one thing I would throw out there. Maybe don't run it, but. Explain the idea behind it, maybe. All right, next question is, what is the most important important part of coaching to you? Um, <clears throat> most important part is just uh, building building your team, right? Building your kids up, um, getting them to believe in the program. Um, that's by far the biggest thing, the biggest focus that we try to do is just, you know, that transition piece where welcome to high school, but – um, you know, this is a place where you're building teammates and you're going to be, you know, you're going to look back and these are your guys, right? These are the, uh, these are the moments that uh, you're going to look back on and say, you know, that, that those days out on the field or practice or, you know, the crazy moments of, um, you know, Joel trying to, uh, trying to catch punts. Um, <laughs> those are the days where, you know, you're going to look back and say that freshman football was fun and, now, is there any specific coach that you look up to as a role model, and if so, who is it and why? Uh, um, I mean, I wouldn't say that I that I settle on one on one person. Obviously, being a being a Bears fan, um, you know, um, a Mike Dicka type um, um, coach is is something that you know that that like toughness and. Uh, standing up for your players type, but there's just so many good like coaches out there, um, you know, even on our staff, uh, you know, varsity wise and all throughout is just, there's just so many guys that, and, and, and that's the thing about coaching is you just come across so many guys that you're like, man, um, that person knows what they're doing. And mm -hmm. so um, it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one. Um, you just kind of pick up bits and pieces as you go throughout your career and, um, you know, when I think back to my high school coaches, obviously mm -hmm. they set the foundation um, for, you know, coaching and and uh, and then just the guys that I got to play for in college, um, 
but I mean, you just pick up bits and pieces here and there, and kind of like, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't say that there's one specific coach. Now, next question here: What do you believe is the greatest challenge that most athletes are facing today? Uh, their phone. <laughs> mm. um, you know, just I think I think just a comparison, right? Comparing yourself to others out there. I think it's it's you know the thief of joy, right? Uh, comparison. So, um, you know, those that are able to 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 put that away and put that in the background and, and, and really focus on who they want to be and what they are and understand where they are um, without trying to compare it to, you know, somebody that's, that's you know, posting a bunch of flashy stuff all over the place. Just focus on what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Focus on your team. Focus on being the, uh, being the best that you can be. And I think that that's where people really start to grow, right? Um, when you don't do that and you start – you start looking around at what other people are doing and I should be doing that. And especially at like, um, at like the high school level, people hit growth spurts at different times. And so, um, you know, you can't really beat yourself up. You just got to show up every day and, and know what, know like where you are and know your body and, and just, and just go for it. Now, what would you say you most enjoy coaching or most enjoy about coaching football? Um, definitely just, again, I mean, I hate to keep going back to this, but just, um, just the time that you're together with your team. I mean, there's nothing else that's, you know, been doing it for just shy of 15 years. And every year you just look back and it's, it's those moments where you got to, um, you know, it's not so much the wins, it's the, it's the growth, right? Look back and see how much your players have grown throughout the season um, how much they've grown from freshman year to when they go and graduate, right? I mean, I mean, Joel's a Joel's a perfect a perfect example of that. Yes, um, yes, he is. Know, Joel, and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell a Joel story here. Oh yeah, oh no, um, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> but um, I remember Joel first day we had a two day, and uh, <laughs> we're coming off we're coming off the field and just like that mayo makes me want to throw in. up. <laughs> And we're walking in, and um, and all of a sudden, Joel's getting a ride. Joel's getting a ride in the van up to the <laughs> up to the you know locker room. And <laughs> and we were kind of like, what in the world is this guy doing? And uh, <laughs> that's classic Joel. You want to classic and, Joel? Uh, and uh, but then you know what? By the time now, senior year, the stuff that he's done, he's you know, he just he just kept going. He bought in, and he just. He just worked his tail off the last like two years, and and now the you know you know he's got himself an opportunity um, to go extend and play football at the next level, and you know that's just a perfect a perfect example of just a uh, coach being proud and um, you know a kid like buying into the program and doing what you're you know a coach to do and and good things happen so. I mean, those are the stories. Now, Joel, do you do you want to elaborate? Do you want to elaborate on that story, like getting uh, a uh, riding the van up to? I don't even remember. You could you could tell me I was scarfing down Snickers bars pregame, and I would believe you. (laughs) And like I would have no recollection. Like I, I'm sure that definitely happened. Like I, that is something I would have done. All right. So what's what's your uh, favorite football memory or locker room memory? Dude, I got no idea. One one thing that I really miss is Hunter Stewart. That was my dog. I miss that kid. Me and him were texting the other day. He, 
But yeah, there's like I don't know. There, there's like a, a gap. The catching punts thing was right after we ran relay, like not relays. Um, so uh, gassers. Ga- yes, gassers. I was like absolutely dead, and he's like, "Hey, who wants to catch punts to see if we can end gassers?" I'm pretty sure the only person who caught a punt that day was Chris Gale. Crip. <laughs> uh, oh, Chris. what could have been? But anyways, is that? Now, what would you say the most challenging part of coaching is for you? Um, I mean, it's never the players, right? It's never the players. Um, you know, you, that's the that, that's the fun Joel. part. You get into it because you want you want to see your players grow and do well, right? Um, you know, I mean, the toughest part at like the freshman level is probably the fact that your schedule is never set, like. Like, you just never know who's going to get pulled up. You know, varsity, like, injuries, they pull kids up and things change on a dime. Injuries is by far probably the most challenging, um, you know, both at the varsity level and at the um, at the, at the freshman level. But, I mean, just your, like, game schedule. I know the last, like, three years, we haven't played Springfield in four years. <laughs> um, it's just – Jeez. You know, you never know. You get that phone call and you're like, hey, we're not going to be able to play this week. But, hey, guess what? We're going to play, you know, two games next week um, because this team, you know, is willing to play you on, like, a Monday, and then this other team is willing to play you on Saturday. And so just being able to adapt and, and change to, you know, the injuries that the varsities and that your own freshman team have. Now, kind of playing into that, we're starting to see a shortage of officials, and that's probably definitely going to affect you next season. How do you think you're going to be – have to deal with that i mean a lot of that stuff is something that we can't like deal with all that all that we can do is as a coaching staff and as players is is just keep trying to preach you know the fact that we need people out there and and uh you know treat those guys and girls that are out there you know um officiating that uh you know we appreciate them and we treat them the way that they're you know intended to be treated and uh you know, and I just got that joke. <laughs> okay, yeah. Was you know, definitely about uh, once or twice, uh, once or twice a game. It's uh, you know, control, uh, control what you can uh, control, and uh, Coach Rogers, calm down a little bit. That was that was a good but, one. Uh, that was a good one. Joel just uh, Joel just gives him a, a, a finger point. Rogers just starts <laughs> dying off. I don't camera. remember what game it was last year. Oh man, you had a get back coach. Uh, that's hilarious. Oh, That's, that is <laughs> crazy. Oh, Michael Cini. Jeez. What, what game was it? Did you get thrown out of a game? Or you, you got like. Got you got a penalty. You, Oof. you went ballistic. Woof. Is that Finley? Pretty, it was a pretty, yeah, it was yeah. a pretty weak yeah. Oh, of course it was, you know. <clears throat> What'd you do, touch a ref? No. He, yeah, no, that's like, that's a suspension if you lay a finger on a ref, right? Maybe expulsion from coaching? Yeah, yeah got to be. I'm sure in the NBA or the NFL it would fly, but. Yeah, nice. no. High school, absolutely not. Um, what would you say your favorite coaching memory is if you had to single it down to one? Uh, I don't know if I could single it down to one. There's got to be just one thing that's, like, the funniest thing that's happened, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Montrese. Uh, God bless Montrese. Actually, a dog in basketball down in Houston or something like that. Wherever he moved, somewhere in Texas. You know, one that 
one that pops out to mind really quick um, is uh, Swanson had one of the one of the best games I've seen in a while uh, defensively. Um, you know, I forget what he had. He had, I know we hit him for like a couple like touchdowns offensively, and then he had a, he had a couple picks, a pick six. I think it might have been Finley. It, we were down in Finley, <laughs> and I think it was to be honest, it was uh, it was a, a year that personally me, someone who's who's played against Finley growing up in high school, um, actually played against um, played against Roethlisberger when he was there, and we've mm-hmm. never we never beat Finley in in Finley. Um, as like a player, and then the only time I ever won was when I played played for the college. Um, but I've never, in all my coaching coaching years, I had never won at Donnell Stadium. Mm. And so that was the year that we finally won it. Um, and so, um, and uh, and I just remember Gray had just an amazing game on both sides of the ball. But um, so that one kind of kind of like sticks out just because it was like a, a first. Now, what advice do you have for young athletes who may just be starting their football careers and are considering joining the freshman football team? Come on out, right? Come on out. Um, we'll find a spot for you. We'll help you grow, um, you know, and we'll help you. Uh, we'll help you just learn the learn the jacket way, right? <laughs> learn how to play football, and I think so many so many skills. Just uh, being able to show up, being able to um, uh, develop that that like toughness develop that mindset that um, you're going to have good days you're going to have bad days and and at the end of at the end of it you you have your teammates and uh, um, you know just come on out there's always a place for everybody and uh, you know it takes a village uh, to have a really good season so um, you know we would never turn anyone away and uh, you know just come on out and let's do this Okay, I'm sorry. I just want to ask one off-the-topic question. Do you have any favorite Coach Isaac memories? Because me and him were here Monday night with this Jack. last day for, in Perrysburg today. For trivia. Congratulations, Isaac, on graduating. Yeah, yep. last, day, last day in Perrysburg. I saw he put a nice, uh, mm-hmm. a nice Facebook post out Farewell there. Farewell there, there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is going to be missed. Uh, probably my favorite, my favorite one. Um, we've had a few. And uh, but definitely we did a we did a road game. It might have been was it a road game? Might have been Southview. I don't know. But we got him to uh, to take his coaching his uh, coaching polo and cut off the sleeves. Oh no! So he wore he wore <laughs> oh, good God. He wore a coaching a gold of cut off colors, a gold of cut colors. off. He wore a gold <laughs> polo sleeveless shirt. Oh jeez! To coach in. Uh, and uh, oh my God! Definitely an image that is stuck in my mind for a while. Um, I don't know. Is that a good image or a bad image? A good one. We end up winning, I think. Okay. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so shifting shifting gears here a little bit to um, your teaching. You're a history teacher here at Perrysburg High School. Correct. Would you mind sharing with us what all goes on in your classroom? Um, so my classroom, uh, world world history. Um, so. Uh, sophomore year, so I teach nothing but uh, nothing but sophomores, uh, which I love. Uh, the sophomore year is like the Tuesday of like the co- of, yeah of the, of the high school. That's career. accurate. That's pretty accurate. Um, and it's amazing too. You know, like uh, there's so many things that are happening in their life. They're no longer freshmen, so they're not really scared, but they're not upperclassmen yet to where they're thinking beyond Perrysburg. Um, the state of Ohio trusts them with like a driver's license, so. Um, we actually just in my third period, 
uh, we had somebody that was trying to pass their driving school test, uh, and uh, we caught them uh, doing it. And uh, so, <laughs> so as a class, we we all passed. We only missed three on that day, so they got through their uh, through their driving school. But um, you know, I think the one thing that you'll find in my classroom is just uh, is just you know, I'm a teacher that understands um, understands that uh, you know you know life's going on and. Um, you know, we're going to help you in any way we can. And, you know, world history, we're trying to, you know, understand the world that we live in. Um, and that also includes, you know, right here in Perrysburg. So the things that they're going through, the things that they're doing, um, you know, those are the things that you expect to see in my room. Would you say that it's you would help educate the next generation of Northwest Ohio drivers? Uh, well, I don't know about that. I would, give a little bit of input when I can, but, uh, by any means, I wouldn't say that, uh, um, <coughs> that I, that I educate the next, uh, the next driving class. Um, but, uh, <coughs> I don't know. I mean, a question comes up, I'll give my best, but, uh, you know, the driving school that I went to, uh, shut down, uh, shut down by the state of probably uh, two uh -oh. weeks after I, um, I myself graduated. So, oh, um, <laughs> So, <clears throat> what would you say inspired you to become a history teacher? Just always love stories, stories, movies. Um, you know, when I was growing up, uh, just just loved the aspect of uh, storytelling, and so <clears throat> you know, making that something that I get to do every day. Um, help kids sort of understand the world around them, but also the fact that, you know, history is not just about a bunch of facts. It's, uh, you know, it's real life. It's, it's people. Um, and it's the stories that, you know, people, people overcoming things that they've gone through and, um, you know, just finding those topics that, that really, um, they really jump out, you know, that movies and books and all sorts of stuff are, you know, based on the things that they love, the music, um, that it all stems and connects back to history. So <clears throat> that's the one thing that really drew me. Now, what is one thing that you want students to take away from your class? Uh, kind of similar to, you know, coaching. Um, that they came in, that it was a safe space, that it was, you know, that I was a teacher that got it, that understood, um, you know, we're going to make changes, we're going to do things a way that, um, you know, we uh, work in groups and it's about it's about people. Uh, in my room, it's not about the facts. It's not about the content. Um, it's about you know us. You know, we get a moment in time to to like share to share a classroom together. And uh, you know, yes, we have a job to learn a few things and and show the and show what you've learned. But you know, in the end, um, you know, it's about the overall. It's about the overall experience, right? Now this ne this next one was one of Joel's uh, personal favorites that he put in himself. So, <laughs> oh boy, how do how this is a this is a tough one. How do you approach teaching difficult or controversial topics such as war, slavery, or genocide in a respectful manner? Well, you have to you have to consider all sides, right? So it it's, it starts with that. It starts with um, the concept that um, the perspective of this is what's the common the common thought, but you have to bring in bring in all sides in order to tackle a controversial topic, and then you have to give give students time mm -hmm. to to interpret for themselves 
and you know, um, you know, go with it from there. Um, but it's something where you have to you have to lay out sort of a, for lack of better terms, a cliff note sort of summary, um, but also bring in both sides of perspective. Now, many teachers have some good student-teacher stories, that, such as Mr. Rogers, who he shared a couple of them from his early years in teaching. Do you have any of those stories that you would like to share with us today? <coughs> uh, you know, my student teaching personally was actually was actually pretty pretty good. I mean, I I really didn't. I taught. Um, I did my student teaching at Northview, um, and uh, <coughs> you know, I had a really good a really good teacher. Uh, he was also a football coach, so it just kind of just kind of worked out. I really don't have any crazy stories from student teaching, um, or even any student teachers that I've had. Um, I wish I had something for you, but those, but an actual student-like teacher story isn't one that I have, uh, that I've experienced. So, I mean, I've experienced a lot of things in the classroom, but not that. Well, give us one of your <laughs> highlights of the classroom then. Let's do that. Oh, man. Favorite highlights of the classroom? Um, I mean, you always get, you always get, uh, the things that probably kids, that kids shouldn't say, right? Um, so, I mean, that's like a, that's like a weekly occurrence of, uh, you know, especially with like Snapchat and kid trying to trying to always be on probably the phone Zach Schroeder things that things that you shouldn't <laughs> see right. I mean, you could totally write a book on things that uh, things that you can never un unhear and uh, things that you can never unsee uh, in the world of uh, the classroom right now. But um, <coughs> it's a good book title: "Things You Can't Unhear." Save right. that right or unsee. <coughs> Just stick with on here. I think things you can't unhear. That's like <laughs> that's a perfect book title. Maybe it's an autobiography. I don't know. I don't know Mr. what it Horan's is. Mr. Horan's autobiography. Things you can't unhear by Matt Horan. That would be a great book. Oh, that would be perfect. Beautiful book. Wow. Get your pre-order. <laughs> so, Mr. Horan. Yep. That injury you referenced earlier when you were playing football at Finley was that the tubing accident? No, it was not oh, actually. Okay. So we'll. Uh, um, so the. Which one do you want to hear about? Both. One, yes, but we'll, yeah, let's, let's, let's hear about Finley first. Yeah, Finley yeah. first. So um, had the opportunity to play at Finley, uh, which which was an awesome experience. I was a freshman. We had an amazing year. We played for um, a former a former UT Rockets coach, Simmerall, uh, um, who was kind of a legend there. Um, took the Rockets to like the Sugar Bowl, I think. But I got to play for him. Um, Coach Coach uh, Cotterman uh, played on that team, uh, both of them. And then um, uh, uh, Brungard at Anthony Wayne was also on that team. Uh, so there was a lot of a lot of connection uh, to that year, where a lot of coaches that are in the league now uh, were down there. Um, but anyway, um, I was just a freshman, a freshman running back. We had an amazing season. We played. We played against Brian Brian Kelly, who was coaching at Grand at Grand Valley State, um, and he beat us for the league title, and then went on to win like his I don't know whatever it was like seventh uh, Division Two national title or whatever before he left. Um, but uh, so it was just an amazing year, and then we get to spring ball, um, and we were doing the famous Oklahoma drill, mm -hmm. oh, no. and being a freshman, well aware, being yeah. a freshman running back. Um, take off running and you know just get absolutely <laughs> whacked and uh so whatever like okay brush it off 
And then we go into uh, pass pro drills. And there was a kid uh, from Southview that, w that was down there. And he was the uh, kind of like the upper class fullback um, in front of me. And we're doing blocking drills where, I mean, again, a different, um, a different like time period where you're just literally running at each other and you're doing like pass pro. So we go helmet to helmet oh. the same day. And I remember just kind of like being a little bit stunned and finished the practice. But when I got back to my, uh, to my dorm room, I just remember um, laying down. I felt super, super sick and um, got a little bit dizzy. Uh, and then, um, then kind of developed a, um, a stutter a little bit, uh, which comes out every now and then. Um, a little bit more often when I'm uh, when I'm tired, and uh, so that was kind of a, a kind of a wake up call for me. I was like, all right, um, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hang it up, and so, which was kind of a bummer because I had seen some time. I was on I was on special teams. I was super close to lettering uh, my freshman year, and and but that was just one thing that scared me. So you know the whole like stutter thing, and I was like, all right, I'm done. Um, so I came back home. Um, I went to UT, um, started my quest for teaching, and uh, my buddy and I would always take a sort of like end of the year trip. And so we went, we went south, and uh, we were uh, water tubing at his um, at his uncle's house, and we were water tubing, having a good time on, um, you know, uh, on like the river. And so what had happened <coughs> was on the last day. Um, <coughs> We're tubing, and obviously the whole goal of tubing is, you know, drive fast and turn hard mm -hmm. and try to, you know. And so being being 20 years old, probably driving a little faster and reckless than we probably should have. And so I come swinging around the left side of the boat, and I hang on. Oh. And, um, and as I flip the tube back over, um, there's like a moment where the boat is bogged down in the water, and there's a bunch of slack in the rope. And I what I didn't know is I was just thinking – there's going to be a gigantic tug. So I better get up on the tube and I better, you know, hold on tight. So <clears throat> as I'm scurrying up on top of the, of the tube, I didn't know that I had drifted over the rope. And so what had happened oh. was I got hit from a wake from another boat that passed by us as I was waiting, and it had thrown me off the tube forward into the water. And so I landed um, – in the water, and it was like a split, um, a split second underwater where the rope had actually wrapped around my wrist. Um, and then when that when that rope went taut, my wrist was in there. Um, and it was just, it wasn't something that like drug me around uh, the river or anything. It was just a, it felt like somebody just tugged your tugged your arm underwater. Um, and so when I came up out of the water, I realized that uh, uh, you know um, some more stuff had happened and um, had kind of. Uh, the rope itself was just kind of a cheap nylon rope. It wasn't like a ski rope, like some of those yeah. ropes that are like a half inch. Um, and so the rope actually snapped, luckily. Uh, but, it had, uh, but it had done some damage across my, like, wrist. Um, and so I got to, uh, got to get out of the water and, you know, you know get up in the boat and, and uh, have a little life flight ride and uh, ambulance ride and uh, went through a couple days of surgery and stuff. But, uh, but they were unable to kind of save my hand, so. So that's how I ended up, uh, you know, uh, in amputee. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, like I said, a childhood. I was a pitcher growing up. So being able to throw and be accurate. Um, and now I had to learn how to do everything left-handed. So, 
How much of an adjustment was that for you? Did it, how like long did it take you to finally feel like comfortable doing everything with your non-dominant hand? I still can't throw a ball more than uh, 30 yards. Like it's that's probably the toughest thing has been throwing. Um, but it's a different it's a different thing. Your brain, uh, you know, your brain just adapts um, so much quicker than if you were just to you know sit down and write left-handed or you know whatever it is. Um, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm terrible. And then you just kind of like give up. But when it's when it's time to to just adapt, your brain does amazing things. So for me, it happened in May. I was signed up to go to Lord's uh, University in September. And so for me, it was. All right, I got I've got three months. I got to figure out how to write. And so it, it came a little bit easier. The one thing that I didn't want to do was to have to have a scribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of, you know, uh, set the goal and worked at it and went for it. And, you know, for those first, like, months, there's not much you can do anyway. Um, so just sitting at home, learning how to write, um, learning how to start one thing at a time. And I think that that's the one thing that I like about coaching freshmen um, is it's kind of the skills and the things that I learned through my, uh, through my accident is, um, you know, you just take it one step at a time. And, uh, and you just keep going and you just keep growing and, and you finally finally figure it out. On a lighter note now, that was kind of heavy. <laughs> but Definitely deep. Uh, We're going to hop into one of our newer weekly segments called What in the World? Our first thing for What in the World is translates to May, May the Force. Anyways, we wanted to know if you were a Star Wars fan and what is the proper order to watch the Star Wars movies? Well, I hate to to disappoint you but i'm probably <clears throat> part of the two percent on the planet that has never watched a full star wars i am also movie. part of that two percent okay so jack are you offended? jack i'm sorry no 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 i was just like i mean i've i've watched i like five of them i haven't watched them all i've watched five of them and i you know joel tried to come up with some authentic questions i'm like oh this could be good maybe it'll be good maybe it's not you know they're not all home runs joel speaking of authentic questions <laughs> they're we not got one coming up they're not all home runs people you got to be honest when you're looking at the calendar you got to work with what you got thought this might be a good one this might be a slam dunk it wasn't this week but joel I just edited it all out. the butchery <laughs> the absolute butchery of may the 4th may the 4th well today we had our ap stats exam and so they like they we did like a group order thing. I didn't do it, but like a lot of the kids did like these custom T-shirts, like Stat Wars. May the fourth be with you. Like getting like fours on your AP exam and then no Rogue Ones on the back because you don't want to get a one on your exam. So that wasn't. I didn't. For the record, can we leave this in? I I did not order the T-shirt. I did not order the T-shirt. That's not even funny. That's just stupid. It's a play on words, Joel. I know you don't understand because you're illiterate, but... No, no. Never mind. This one's a little bit easier. He got the hoodie. He didn't get the hoodie. <laughs> he got the hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Keep that. Keep that. And the, yeah. ma- the matching keep, lanyard, too. Keep that, yeah. So, May the 4th is also National Orange Juice Day. So, we wanted to know if you prefer your OJ with pulp or no pulp. Yes, that's correct. That is definitely correct. I don't understand. Like, pulp, like, why? Why would you drink it? I was sticking with OJ. Well, you totally, never mind. Okay, well, I, was that like a. I was, was kind of posing you the. Never mind. I was okay, no, posing no, you the no. Question. If you were. I mean, it sounded like you were. It was a. 
rhetorical question, like not something that you wanted to be answered. But it's okay. Pulp is unacceptable in orange juice. I will say, absolutely terrible. Sticking with OJ, did OJ do it? <laughs> I mean, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. So. Oh, wow. bam! Look at that. Really, you guys don't think he did it? I mean, trial of my childhood. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's crazy. I don't. Who knows? Who knows? Was that like? I don't think. Were OJ you guys did like it. watching that, like sitting with popcorn as you guys were kids, like? Of the OJ trial, I feel like that was like the thing of like the like the nineties. I mean, it was yeah. the trial of the of the entire decade. Sure. Yeah, that's crazy. And nobody owned a white Bronco after that. <laughs> um, didn't you see like? Did you see the his Bronco sold for so much money at auction? No, they I did like, not see that. It was on Pawn Stars. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Shifting gears here a little bit as we're at a restaurant here. What are some of your favorite foods? Uh, definitely a huge pizza guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a guy that uh, is going to order pretty much the same thing every time we oh, go. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. I don't really branch out too much. I play it safe. Uh, so, Structure. Yep. So come in. I've already have, I already have a game plan uh, of what, of you know, what we're going to order. So, uh, but yeah, don't really branch out too much. Uh, but uh, pizza, um, you know, you can't go wrong with some with some boneless uh, chicken wings and uh, <coughs> uh, do it. Other than that, a burger, a good burger, right? A cowboy burger is a yeah. solid choice of mine. So I found something friendly on the menu. Is there anything that you cannot resist eating? Like uh, if it's put in front of you, you're gonna eat the whole plate. I mean, not uh, so at like uh, um, at a restaurant. Um, again, a childhood always grew up. Finish your plate. So mm-hmm. oh, chances yep. of clean chances plate club. Of me leaving yeah. leaving something is going to be slim to none. Uh, the other thing is um, a bag of Starburst jelly beans. Oh, um, I cannot okay. eat in 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 multiple uh, sittings. So that's oh, my wait, like, those bags are like huge, aren't that's they? That's my kryptonite. Yeah, it is. I've got a new, I've got I've a also new one. Put on Thirty pounds. And, Oh, my <laughs> I've got a new one. Every time walking to my grandma's house, they have this new jar of like fruit slices, like those fruit chews. Oh, oh my gosh, like the, are those like the sugar coated. Yes, oh yes. My God. And like my grandma's like, you gotta have fruit chew. And I'm like, okay, sure. If you're gonna twist my arm, I'll do it. And like they bought these new ones, right? And now like I'm eating them, and I'm like, these are way better than the old ones. Why have we had these? Like <laughs> so every good. time I come over, those and the chocolate chip cookies, which will be at the next episode. The chocolate chip cookies, mom, mom's chocolate chip cookies, will be here next week, wow. just for you, Joel. I'm so excited. I literally might even make a Ron Katie batch. I'm so excited. Make a make a Taylor Rogers batch. I think that needs to be that. That'll happen too. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, they're like vegan cookies, practically. Really. Really? Yeah. We had these uh, almond flour cookies in Miss Kriegel's class. Oh, yeah? These things were like the real deal. They were better than normal cookies. Fantastic. Now we're going to hop into this week's Rank It segment. This is where we give you a topic and ask you to rank it one through five. This week we wanted to know your top five favorite pizza places. Hmm. There's one that I'm expecting to be in here. 
episode. Or and what's your go-to pizza? Like you, you're a man of structure. Like what are we, what are we yeah. ordering at these so, establishments? Um, around here, around here, your basic, your basic pizza places. Um, it definitely, it's hard to pass up a Fifth Street there we pizza. Go. Yeah. Um, that'd probably be up there, number one. If we're gonna, if we're gonna yeah, go out and do it, and, uh, beautiful. You know, and splurge. They a do a bit. good pizza. Um, <clears throat> plus, it's also one that you can finish in one sitting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would probably go. Uh, Joel in the break room. There's no break room. It's actually out back on the bench. All right, sorry. Papa Joel, John's. That's Papa word. John's that's would word. come word. in. Papa at John's is two. good. It's hated, but it's um, good. Joel out back you know, on the bench. Yes, they're the Papa John's. pepper and cheese yeah. or whatever they're called. Pepperoncinis. Yeah. Those also are known good. as a banana pepper. Uh, yeah, the whole banana pepper though. It's so so good. And then Vito's. I don't know if you're gonna say that, but you I'm know I wasn't. But I'm a huge fan of deep dish. So uh, a trip down to pizza a pizza populace mm-hmm. once a year, downtown. Twice a year, yep. Um, would probably throw that in there as well in the top in the top three, and then round it out with. Um, you know, your standard Marcos and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Little Caesars was huge when I was a kid. So, um, but it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, that one. That five, one five dollar hot and a, ready. It's been a while. So, uh, but those are my go to's um, as far as pizza around here. Now, let's what's your favorite pizza? Like, what do we what do we what type of pizza are we ordering? Um, <clears throat> definitely a pepperoni guy. If we're just going one item, um, you got to go pepperoni. Uh, but I enjoy, I mean, I enjoy uh, a deluxe. Just, you know, mm-hmm. give me it all. If we're going to go for a pizza, give me everything in it. Except for except for anchovies. No, not I'm, a, not a big, I'm not a big I'm not a big olive guy. Anchovy guy. You're an olive guy? I'm not an no, olive fan. Olive no. guy? Uh, olives but are i got to pick those off the Supreme or the deluxe. But I'll go with pick black the, olive the olives. Over, over an anchovy. Okay, I'll accept that. Anchovies are not that bad. I haven't had them on pizza, but no, they're tolerable. no. no. <laughs> What would you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? Um, greatest accomplishment is uh, probably just um, <clears throat> it's hard to it's hard to not uh, just be you know dad and husband. I mean that's by far number one accomplishment um, is just right now watching my kids grow up um, and making sure that they're not uh, destroying the village. So. And what would you say your biggest motivation in life is right now? Um, <clears throat> definitely just my kids. My kids seeing me do uh, do, uh, do things the right way, um, and uh, and just kind of making sure that that personally myself just kind of um, you know living by the principles that I've set and uh, and not kind of wavering on those. So. Now, what would you say the most important lesson lesson you've learned along your lifetime is? Um, man, deep ones today. Always. I wasn't expecting a deep question. Per usual. Um, the biggest Help. lesson I, in life. I is got that, a big brain. Was that the question? Yes, <laughs> that you've learned along your lifetime. Um, you know, that, that you're always going to come across t- – um, problems and adversity and just know that uh, or just learn that you have everything you need to get through it. So. This is also a pretty deep question. Just give you some time, a little bit of time to think about it before I say it, but if you had to change careers right this very second, what would you do and why? Park Ranger. 
really. Don't even have to think about it. No. Park Don't ranger. Don't even have to think about it. I would be park ranger <coughs> in Montana, Wyoming, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, and just be off the grid. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. not any, even a question. Any, like, particular reason? Just uh, – You know, I, I mean – I grew up liking all that stuff, camping and, and hiking, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, you know I think I think teaching obviously the total like opposite of that, and I think that that's you know that's part of it too. Um, you know, there's so much that goes into a day of teaching, um, and just just to if if I was going to do a career change, it would be it would be a a 180 opposite, just off the grid. Now for our final segment tonight, we're hopping into this week's flashback. This is where we review a controversial or hot topic that may spark some debate in the community. This week, since you are a Chicago Bears fan, we are flashing back to Joel Cady and a bet he placed on FanDuel. He made a small wager on the Chicago Bears preseason that they would win the Super Bowl this upcoming season. So, Mr. Horn, do you think that your Chicago Bears have a chance to make Joel some money? Um, absolutely they do have there a we go to make, them, uh, make him some money and uh, the one thing was the fact that in the draft they took an offensive lineman right out of the gate uh, so that shows me that one uh, they're going to focus on protecting fields mm-hmm. um, so that hopefully he won't have to run for his life uh, every single game and uh, and start to build around him um, you know, Eberflus, the coach, uh, defensive-mind guy, so the rest of the draft was defensive-minded. But um, I think they're starting to pull things together, and it really helps that Rodgers is now a Jet. Uh, so I think it's I really like going to come north, down to – The I North is definitely up for grabs this year. It's coming down to the, the Bears, Bears and Lions. Bears that's going to be such a good matchup this year. I'm so excited to watch that. Definitely up for grabs. I could see any of the, the Bears, Lions, or our Vikings the winning the division. The Packers, Packers could shock stink. the world. They could shock They're the world. They're going to stink. 6-11. It, de- it all depends on how Love plays. No. Who, who's the offensive lineman that the Bears six drafted? 6-11. Packers 6-11. Internal chaos in Green Bay. I could, I could see, the, chaos I could see the Bears going. I, I think they could soar 500 maybe. 10-7. and seven. Bears could go 10-7. and seven. That's, yeah. I ceiling. Mean, I feel like that's their ceiling. No, nah, I think they're, 11, they're 11 floor, Their floor is probably 7-10. and 10. They're a middle-of-the-pack team. But they're not that bad when you think about it. They have a good no, but, running back. But they had the, they were the worst team in football last year, so it, it's going to take a few years, Joel. <laughs> I'm just saying that. It's going to take them a few. Were they the worst team in They had football? the number one pick till they traded it. Are you serious? Three did and I, 14. Did I so miss if, something? Oh, my God. Yeah, you did miss something. That oh, says wait, a lot no, about no, your no, FanDuel account. I was talking account. about the Packers. I was talking about a lot about your FanDuel account currently. But we don't need to get into that. I was talking about the Packers, not the Bears. You should talk about the Bears, too. I mean, they – three-win team last year. Okay, yeah, now they're about to go 12. And they were a little bit better than three wins. Purposeful. They but were way I mean, better you, than three wins. You get to a point yeah, where you're I mean, playing for that for that first pick. I mean, it got that point pretty early. Indy blew a game against Houston. They gave them the number one pick, too, which is bizarre. But they also I, had. The they Bears are had. right in the middle of the pack this year. They're going to pick 16 next year's draft. Uh, they also were 16. paying like some crazy amount of money to people that were no longer part of the team. So they had to mm-hmm. overcome that first before they could even start their quest mm-hmm. towards winning the North. Did not like the Chase Claypool trade. I don't feel like he's going to add much value trade. to the Bears. What did they pay? A third? Second round pick, I think it was. 
I don't know. But he has upside. They, their receiving sure core he does. is now one of the sure he does. better in the NFL. Darnell Mooney, Claypool, and then they got a new guy in the draft, right? Who did they, they get in the draft? Did they get someone in the draft? See how they look at running back, too. No, Mike. They, they got the Panthers running back, the dude who came in after McCaffrey left, right? No, didn't they didn't the did the Bears get DJ Moore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Um and yeah, then they the, got the Deontay Carolina Foreman trade. too. He's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm t- the Bears would be eight, nine win team. Twelve if and I had five. to if I had to guess. Twelve and five. Which is plenty five. to win the North. Yeah. Nine win wins outside like I said. At worst worst case. Yeah, you're looking about, at a team who has a a, a, dis- a slightly they have a slightly disappointing season at seven and ten. They were right there, but lost a couple games There's they shouldn't have, which I could see happening. Or they're ten and seven. Things played out the way they were supposed to. They got a little bit of help from their division, and they sneak in as a wild card at ten. I and seriously seven. think they crush. They crush anyone in that division. They have done um, so much. The to Lions. Improve. The defense is okay. I think. Their okay. offense has made, like, great improvements, though. Yeah, like, but th- what have they done on defense? He's good. And then they got uh, other linebacker from the Packers, pretty sure. The, I, the Lions are the best team in the division. There's no way. Not no way? Not on paper. The, what do you mean? Who's better? The Bears. No. The Bears? No offense. I mean, no offense. The, the Bears' offensive line the Bear, is, You can't tell me the Bears are better than the Lions on paper. Their offensive line's better now. No, it's not. They brought in – they signed the guard out of Tennessee, and then they drafted whoever. The, the Lions had a terrible draft. They could have really improved, that was and they did I was not. heartbroken for the Lions with that uh, – As long as you have golf, you're one throw away from losing the game. True. That is true. That's why they, that's why they drafted Henry Hook. That's why they drafted <laughs> Henry Hooker. Um, Steelers did. No, the Steelers did. They took Joey Porter with their first pick. Yeah. And then Titans took Levis. But I no. feel bad for Malik Willis. The, Lion, the Lions should win that division. Should. And the Bears will be in the mix. They'll I'm be in the mix. Horn on this one. I, I don't believe it. He, did, he never said that they you, were. You know he never came thinking. out and said that. You can that. read the man's like, mind. If you, had, if you had to give a record prediction for the Bears this year, what are they gonna, how's it going to go? I mean, based on everything you've seen up to this point, they're going to be above above five above five hundred and enough to win the North. Okay, nine and eight, ten and seven, right where I said, Joel. Yeah, twelve and five, and in my opinion. Twelve, seven games, but seven games above five hundred. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. No. What did you say? The Lions will the be. Lions a, the Lions are going to be trash, but they're going to be an eleven win team. They won nine. They won seven what, and ten. Nine Lions. games last year. The Lions went nine and eight. Yeah, last they year. literally got. They were the only team that got worse in the draft, probably. No, you never get worse in the draft. That's not possible. They traded DeAndre Swift, like one of the only they did host not get worse. franchise, and then drafted no. a mediocre second round worthy running back. I'm telling you, yeah, the Lions will be better than the Bears. <laughs> if you saw the video they, on Twitter, yeah, they were I, extremely excited. Twitter is so funny. After I never. I don't understand <laughs> drafting a running back that high, but. The Bears will be respectable. I don't think they're Super Bowl caliber. Just another bet down Joel Katie's lost yeah, column. Yeah, talk to me next year, man. Okay. What kind of music do you listen to? Um, I'm all over the board. Um, I feel like I uh, grew up. Kind of like sidelines. We've been bouncing around. With, uh, <clears throat> grew up with a, a wide, wide variety of music. So, um, you know, 
know, I like the classic, the classic rock and roll. Um, I grew up in the '90s, so a lot of a lot of alternative music mixed mm -hmm. in there. Um, and then, you know, still love a good a good like country song. There we go. So, a mix. It just depends on depends on the day and the time. Now we we kind of hit on movies a little bit earlier, but what are some of your favorite movies? Um, I obviously enjoy a good a good sports movie. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, Sandlot's a classic. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, the Titans. Um, oh, the remember the Titans. Titans. That came out. Uh, when that came out, uh, nightmares with that because my head football coach uh, decided to embrace the mile punishment. Oh. Uh, when that movie <laughs> came out, so uh, definitely, definitely uh, worked really hard to not find myself on the on the uh, receiving end of a mile run. Uh, because of something in practice, but uh, but I do like that uh, like that movie. Um, those are those are two top ones. But I'm also you know history guy, so um, I'll sit down and watch any any sort of history show, a history movie. Um, you know they're getting better as you mm -hmm. know, uh, technology uh, improves. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. Have you guys seen Draft Day? Yeah, love or, it. Is it a good, good movie? movie? I was I don't know where to watch it, but I, I saw like a. Something Let me guess it was it? through your TikTok, uh, through your TikTok filter. Oh, yeah, it's through my I mean, it's TikTok. Kevin Costner, Browns, Chad, so. Chadwick Boseman. It is the Browns, yeah. Chadwick <laughs> Boseman plays Vontae Mack. But all I know is Bo Callahan. That's like the, the one, the one main, thing I One know of the main know. characters. But that's like the main draft it's, prospect. It's, it's a good movie, but is it realistic necessarily? No, but it's it's a good movie. Okay, okay. It's worth the watch once what, or twice. What does a typical day in the life look like for Matt Horan? Uh, a typical a day is obviously screwing out the door, uh, getting the kids up, getting out the door, getting to work, and plugging through the work schedule, and uh, um, you know, getting home and, and, and getting back into the chaos and playing with the kids. And mm -hmm. um, you know, my kids are are uh, those that don't that don't like to go to bed. So hmm. sleep is few and far uh, between in my house. So uh, nine o'clock. I'm thankful if they if they go down at nine. So it's a long day uh, in my house. I don't remember worth it. the last time I fell asleep at nine p.m. I honestly don't. I honestly don't remember. Is it that nice? Not ten p.m. That happens like once or twice a week. Ten p.m. I could do that. Nine just feels like there's still so much of the. No. I don't take that many naps, but like no, sometimes you they're don't. Just absolutely some, you needed. have to. Sometimes you just gotta just shut your eyes and. Even if it's for thirty minutes, like the other. I'm on the couch. Yeah. What do you constitute? Like, what's a nap to you though? Because like a nap to me is like a four-hour like sleep session. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What the? Four hours. <laughs> four hours? That's what. Yeah, that's what. That's my a nap. nap? Like. <laughs> a nap's like. I feel like a nap's like eighth of a hibernation. Anywhere from thirty minutes to two hours. That constitutes a nap. Like the one thing that, that time I'm period. Super sad about as far as naps go is. That Jim Nance retired from golf because Jim Nance's voice on a Sunday, Saturday <laughs> afternoon oh, just yeah. put me right out. Or like, it's because golf is boring. It is not boring. It, it is not. Sorry. Okay. You listen to it, and everyone slowly falls asleep. Does not mean it's boring. It's called a soothing voice, Joel. That's why people fall asleep listening to this podcast. They listen to me, and then they listen to you. Okay. Okay, Jack. So what would you say your favorite vacation spot is? Um, 
definitely a huge fan of if I'm if I'm gonna go beach, it's Siesta Key. Mm -hmm. um, we've been down there a couple times and just really good experience. Um, you know, other than that, um, vacation-wise, probably the coolest vacation that we've been on was uh, we went hiking for a week out in Montana, Wyoming, and just fishing was amazing. So fishing was amazing, and uh, so kind of one of those depends on the mood right but hiking trip out like west you can't beat the scenes at the uh the scenery out there but beach vacation definitely going to siesta key florida i'm going to montana this summer i'm looking forward to it so hopefully it's it amazing. lives up to the hype it's i've amazing. heard good i've heard good things so you're gonna want to be a park ranger there we go there back. we go if if i do <laughs> i'll, I'll let you know be, that would be i will let a you very know. fitting thing for jack i could just see him in his yeah. being a park ranger. nice little hat with his hands on his hips like looking over a waterfall like that yeah that would be amazing oh, oh man. my gosh well don't i guess don't knock it till you try it right that's what they say. Is this going to be a potential career path for Jack Absolutely not. Oh. But <laughs> maybe if once I retire and then do something like that. This is something like, we'll get into in the future, but I think like the, the stereotypical park ranger has to be Brock Vogel. Mm. That is like – Save that. Save will, that. Save, will that, save thought. that take, yeah. Save that thought. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is prob probably one of the hardest-hitting questions we have on the show, and it is – uh, bold prediction. So, what is one bold prediction you have for 2023? <coughs> uh, the bold prediction, I think, has already been said, and that is that uh, the Bears oh will God, be hoisting no. the Lombardi Trophy. Oh, jeez. And that uh, we will be all checking on Scott uh, Bucher and Packer fans uh, as they oh no longer are kings of oh the Oh, my North. God. I, I, it's not that they're not going to be kings. They are going to be like if that happens. three and they could be three and 14. I no, mean, six and eleven. I mean, they could, they have a chance to be cousined this year, <laughs> cousined and be swept. <laughs> yeah, Oof. yeah, that'd be that would be something, but not gonna happen. All right, Mr. Horn, with the final question of the day, what is one word that you would use to describe yourself? Um, positive. Positive. And why? You want to elaborate? You forgot the and why. Oh, and why? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, so tired then, tired because I can't even <laughs> concentrate on the question. No, um, that's Joel's fault. That is my fault. Positive. Um, I think just because, uh, you know, whether you come in my classroom or, you know, you just run into me anywhere, um, it's always a, it's always how are you, how you doing, um, you know, a smile, and uh, just just try to make it a point to, uh, you know, just be that guy that's friendly. So people well, need kindness. Thank you, Mr. Horn, for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciated you taking time out of your day to come and chat with us as we, you know, continue to talk about absolutely nothing that seems to matter anymore. But, you know, <laughs> thank you for coming on. A uh, big thank you to Sidelines once again for letting us record here at 136 West South Boundary. Uh, next week's going to be a little emotional, Joel. As of now, that's going to be our last ever episode for us on Inside the Hive. Kind of sad and surreal that we made it this far but uh you got something you want to say yeah what what could be one of the last last at least on one hand you could count it last few times i'm gonna say this to the moon baby i wasn't done oh i wasn't yeah i wasn't done
Well, you said, is there anything else you want to well, say? Well, you looked like you had something you wanted to say. No, I was just watching the TVs. Oh. And then. All right, stop. Stop sorry, talking. Because he's going to have to edit it out. But next week, <laughs> we will be interviewing PHS students Brock Vogel and Grant Zimmerly in an episode you Respect surely that. will not want to Absolutely miss. Absolutely not. This has been episode 27 of Inside the Hive with Matt Horn, a Jacket Sports Network production. Joel, now it's that time, my friend. It is that time now, Jack. To the moon, baby. Go Jackets.